Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket in association with LV Insurance, who of course are the sponsors of this test series between England and India. And today we've had the most compelling days test cricket you could imagine with both sides pretty much now on a par. England with a a marginal lead of 27, but my goodness, they had to work so hard for it. And uh, well, we've said we've run out of superlatives uh, about Jimmy Anderson or for Jimmy Anderson over this test match. Today, we've run out of superlatives for Joe Root, right? Absolutely brilliant from Root today. I mean, to do it back-to-back Saturday, Saturday is a sort of special day for, for Test cricket. It's normally when you get the biggest crowd. And actually, we've had the best weather. We had the best weather last Saturday at, at Trent Bridge, and we had the best weather of the game so far at Lords today. It was a golden day at Lords and a brilliant innings from Joe Root. And he once again, he's holding everything together for England. OK, there were contributions today, as there was last week but without him where would England be in this game they would be second best but it it was a chanceless innings uh, you, you know a bit of luck at times it's an LBW shouts that, that that went his way but just total control and quality he's now scored a more than 1200 runs in the year mm. and he is the fourth uh, batter to make four scores of 180 or more in a year. That's in, in the history of, of Test Match Cricket. And the other three are Mohamed Yusuf, Michael Clark, and Brendan McCullum. So he's just having a fa- fantastic year. And India must be sick of the sight of him. He's made three <laughs> yeah. uh, hundreds against them this year. But without him, uh, where would England be in this Test Match? Mm, yeah. He's, he's the definition of insatiable, as you pointed out with those, those high scores. And uh, more than 9,000 test runs now. I think he's the 16th player to do it and the second youngest. So it's a, it's a bit of a sort of stats monument to, to, to all the, the things he's achieved uh, in, in the last you know, year or so. He keeps breaking records. And, well, I mean, he's going to break uh, Alistair Cook's record uh, for England for sure. Whether he'll actually get as far as uh, Sachin Tendulkar, one doesn't know. But the amazing thing is he doesn't seem to expend a lot of energy in his innings, does he? he? He he's he's a caresser of the ball. He's not a bludgeoner, and uh, you know he's a steerer and glider. It's quite interesting, actually, that if you looked at his wagon wheel of this innings, 
hardly anything down the ground, if anything. I don't think there was anything straight down the ground, which shows that, firstly, he's got the, the ability to play the ball so late, but also that actually you don't have to hit the ball in the V straight when the ball is moving around. Actually, you go with the movement and you steer it square. So, a lot, you know, most of his runs square the wicket or even behind square. The, the dexterity of angling the ball wide of that fielder at backward point who kept being moved a foot this way and that, and he kept managing to steer it wide of him. It's just, it's, it's genius, really. It's magical to watch. And, 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 you know, the stamina, the concentration, the dedication, the commitment, the just the sort of obduracy, I suppose, the ruthlessness to stay in for that length of time and still play. When he played that ramp shot, off Mohamed Siraj for four with Anderson at the other end and then a slog sweep over deep mid-wicket next ball. Then the next ball, resolute, immaculate block. I mean, it's, well, I said we'd run out of superlatives and, and we have. It's it's just incredible to watch. Well, we ran out of superlatives with Jimmy Anderson last night and uh, this evening we run out of superlatives uh, for Joe Rick. He's in, he's in the form of his life. It was, it was actually a really thrilling last half hour, really unusual last half hour as well with Anderson coming to the crease clonked on the helmet and then he had, he had to endure this marathon over from Jasper Bumrah where they kept checking for the no ball and he got four no balls in an over which we think was the first time for five years that a bowler in a test match has bowled four no balls in an over it was, it was torture for, for Anderson mm, yeah. he kept, kept on going and as you said there was, then there was the ramp shot uh, then there was the, the slog out towards deep mid wicket of course there was the, the comedy run out as yeah. well he was involved in the, in the run out with, with, with Wood uh, towards the end of play, which brought Anderson in. I, Jimmy was probably expecting a nice quiet day today with his, with his feet up after his exploits of yesterday, especially the way England were batting. And then he, he came in for what was a, you know, actually a horrible last uh, 25 minutes or so, hit, hit on the head and then out to the, the final ball of the day, which means that you know we've had two, two innings in the first three days of the game, 20 wickets in, in three days. Where are we in terms of who's winning the match, yours and your, your who's winning uh, Very good question. England, England, of course, they're clearly right back in the match. Um, they'd started their 119 3. Uh, if they'd lost two early wickets, then they were under severe pressure. They didn't. That partnership being Bastow and, and Root uh, got them going. It was worth 121. 21, yeah. And so, so where are we then? Well, you I mean, can see that, that, that in the lines that are that on the screen there, um, that England, around about the time of that 121 run partnership between Bearstow and, and Root, England just sneaked ahead of India and the draw. And um, because they were able, they, then Moen Ali and, and to a lesser extent, Josh Butler added runs as well. That England red line started to climb towards uh, the 50% win percentage mark. And India's has plummeted down to about the 25% mark. Polishing off the England innings has given India a little bit of, of hope. Now, uh, then back to nearly 30%, England down to about 45% win percentage. Uh, it, it's all in the balance, isn't it, really? It depends how Indian bat, India bat the second innings. And, of course, England have got to bat last. I mean, the pitch looks pretty good. The Indians have only got one spinner. So I don't really think England should have too many fears about batting last. If it was Ashwin and Jadeja together, maybe they would. But because it's only Jadeja and four seamers, I sort of feel that uh, unless India get, you know, 300 or at least close to 300 in their uh, second innings, uh, England could win. I mean, maybe I think they could chase 280 
in the final innings, it's a question of whether they can bowl India out, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it's interesting. That's I think those, that's the closest those three lines have been uh, at the end of, of a day's play in this series so far. India controlled the last Test match for the most part. They were well ahead after the first day. They were ahead after the second. But those those three lines, the draw, India and England, are all reasonably close uh, together. Mm. Uh, England favourites, but you know you could eat. I, mean, I think for the first time today, the possibility of a draw in this match. Uh, you know, came into view. I'm not saying it will be a draw, but I mean, that's sort of, I see that's third favourite at the moment on your who's winning. Uh, I mean, it's, but, it's but sort it, of, but it could, it could yeah. be, couldn't it? If yeah. you do, if yeah. you bat really well in their second innings, yeah, you can see a situation where they, you know, if they don't get bowled out tomorrow, they bat into the final day. Mm. Uh, when do England roll them over? Is there enough time to chase the, the, the score they need to, yeah, to win the game? Of course, we, we saw England not chase. 270 on the final day of the of the New Zealand test match they turned down the opportunity to go yeah. for that so uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see how that pans out but it's it's been a really it's been a brilliant fluctuating test match and you know, full of anticipation for the for the last two days it's been a, a really tight game and great fight that way and I, to be honest with you I mean I, I think probably people listeners would sense that in the way we've been speaking about this series I didn't think England had it in them to come back in this test match and, and get into the position they are certainly not you know, two further days. India did such a good job that first day. I couldn't, I couldn't really see where England were getting back into the game. But of course, uh, what we did do was underestimate. Oh, I, I did. That's underestimate Jimmy Anderson and and Joe Root. Uh, it, it's interesting actually to see the end of leading the England team off, and the end of the second innings of the match. You saw Joe Root leading Anderson off and into the pavilion. You know, England's two huge stars. They're two big stars, and they both performed. In this test match, yeah, what I mean Joe Root. Point? Joe Root couldn't have done it, I suppose, without Johnny Bairstow in particular. I thought his contribution was excellent. Uh, if you look at uh, the way the the day started, he was on the six. Uh, he'd only just come in. He actually, didn't he? Could have had a night watchman the night before, but he didn't. And I just thought he had purpose and intent and sort of some urgency about his batting, particularly his running between the wickets and looking to hit or looking to hit a few boundaries. And he just injected some kind of energy into the innings or at least revitalised Root and, and got him going as well. And the, they rotated strikes so well and, uh, you know, Bear so herring up and down for twos and ones. And you, you, as a batsman like Root, you don't want to be someone who's uh, batting with someone who, who takes up whole overs, do you? Because you want to get on strike you know, as much as possible. And if you're batting with someone who plays out maidens or only hits boundaries, it can be quite frustrating. But Bairstow's got that good mixture of, you know, some boundaries, but singles as well, which gives you plenty of opportunity to have the strike yourself. I bet he really likes batting with Bairstow because he sort of puts the bowlers on the back foot a little bit. And it was a shame when he was out, but, but I thought he made a really sort of important contribution. I don't want to see him at number three. I think at number five, where he gets across his stumps and works balls slightly through the leg side, he doesn't play as straight as Root does. So I think he would be exposed in the top three. But at number five, that's a good spot in the absence of Stokes. Butler, less convincing, I thought. And perhaps he still hasn't quite worked out what his role is and how he should play. Maybe he should look at the way Pant plays in that uninhibited style and you know maybe adopt that a little bit more. And we just have to forgive him when he gets out. But today he was looking a little bit hesitant and a little bit unconvincing. I thought Moen did pretty well, actually. You know, Moen could have got gone on, but 
played his sort of fairly purposeful way. Looked as if he benefited from hitting the ball cleanly in the hundred in a, in a funny sort of way. Um, so yeah, I mean there were some good support acts there for Root, but without Root, England would be dead, wouldn't they? Yeah, at best though, interesting first half century in Test cricket, two years, and his mm. first half century in twenty Test matches. He does look to me to be a player who is more suited to that that middle order. And I always I always thought it was unfortunate when he was. You know, bumped up the order and moved around because he, he was, he was actually doing quite well at number seven with, uh, as a wicketkeeper. And then he, he was pushed up the order to, to try to paper over some of the cracks further up the order. What about this England batting lineup then, uh, Yoz? Uh, mm-hmm. How about this? Uh, Burns, mm-hmm. Amid, Hope, Root, Stokes, Bairstow, Butler. Mm. England's top seven, a sort of revamped top seven. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm thinking of Ollie Pope up the order. Where, you know, where does he get in the side? If, if, yeah. if Stokes and Bairstow and Butler are in the England side in that sort of middle order, middle, middle, lowerish order, where, where does he get in the side? Route obviously four. Do, do, you know, can they say, well, look, let's, let's see if he, he works at number three and push Hamid up to, to yeah. open with Burns? I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah, that is a potential option for England. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect, and I don't think there is a perfect solution. Uh, but they obviously got to try to do something at the top of the order, I, th- I think, anyway, uh, mm. to see how Sibley gets on in the second innings. Well, and so, see how Hamid gets on in the second innings as well, well of course. Well, well that's, that's, a very, that's a very good point. I mean, if he plays you know, a couple of test matches and he, you know, he gets four low scores, then, then what do you do? Because he, he has, you know, he obviously has been out of test cricket for a long time. And mm. you know, can he reacclimatize to, to playing at this level, he has had a lot of struggles, a lot of low scores, but he's had a you know, good season this time around, not too bad last time around, he's forced his way back in. But that first innings dismissal, just, yeah, well, you know, it can happen, but it leaves a one or two doubts. Um, mm, yeah. we'll, we'll see, because he's yeah. going to be tested on the final day, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, park, we'll park that for now, mm. and we'll, we'll sort of concentrate on today and perhaps what's going to happen tomorrow. LV Insurance's In With Heart tour took Lydia Greenway to a children's session in Bristol to see the good work being done by the project, supported by Funds for Runs, to attract young girls from the South Asian community to cricket. But that is not the only work being done with help from the initiative in the city. Bristol West Indian Phoenix CC is a well-established Caribbean cricket club based in the inner city with three male teams turning out. Bristol West Indian Phoenix CC will be using the additional cash from funds for runs to now develop opportunities for girls cricket at the club and create a welcoming environment. Well, we've talked a lot about England's batting today and Joe Root and the support he's got from Bairstow and Butler and Moen Ali. What about India's bowling? I thought at times they looked a bit flat. Mind you, I think these were the best batting conditions in the match so far. It, the sun was out for the most part of the day, whereas it's been overcast for the first uh, two days of the game. But no wickets for Jasprit Bumrah uh, today. He did bowl that torrid over to Jimmy Anderson where he hit him on the helmet and digging in at, at the ribs uh, towards the end. He bowled those no balls. 33 extras in all from India. But Mohammed Siraj ran in, picked up four wickets, and Ishan you think he was better as the day went on? A bit mm. disappointing to start with into the side, but have picked up three wickets as, as the, the day progressed. Mm. Yeah, uh, Siraj was the pick, and certainly you know he charged in all day. Uh, I thought Ishant Sharma did get better. He, he, he struggled from the nursery end where the ball wasn't coming back up the slope very effectively. 
and he's better off than the pavilion end. Uh, Mohamed Shami was just typical Shami, <laughs> beating the bat and keeping a consistent line of length, but without much luck. I think Bumrah should bowl pavilion end. I think uh, for the trouble with the nursery end is the ball tends to not carry to slip that often. It's quite hard. I'm, I'm very surprised when Jimmy Anderson bowls in the nursery end because getting edges to carry to slip is much harder from that end because the ball is going down, downhill, and uh, because the slope goes diagonally across the ground. And the bounce actually is lower from bowling from the nursery end as well on the pitch because you're bowling into a downslope, whereas from the pavilion end, you're actually bowling into slight upslope. So the ball can just bounce a bit more from that end. And that's what Boomer really relies on more than outrageous movement. So he should bowl from the pavilion end more. And, uh, you know, Jadeja actually, he's, he's a canny bowler. I love watching him bowl because he bowls so close to the stumps and he doesn't really turn it, but he threatens the, the stumps the whole time. And he really needs watching. And he just sort of smiles and winks at the at the batsman. I mean, he's, he's an absolutely sort of mercurial bowler fascinating what to watch we have to give the in with heart award today i think to mohammed siraj who just kept going with zest and enthusiasm and aggression and he got those two wickets yesterday in two balls today bounced out johnny bairstow round the wicket when the ball was doing absolutely nothing and and then uh, you know finally got the lbw decision against ollie robinson having been hit hit him on the pads about four times and in fact the one that was given was probably the least out of all of them, but he deserved it for just the, the perseverance. So uh, a, a young lad who's had a pretty tough time, um, you know, domestically, and is only sort of fairly new to the Indian team, but he does give them a, a real bite, doesn't he? Some real penetration and some persistence. So he deserves our award today, I think. Yeah, well, I, he looks the sort of bowlers, you know, they talk about that, that cliche, you know, sort of captain's dream. He, look, he looks like the sort of bowl, you know, he wants to bowl, and he's mm. happy to bowl, whether that's just he's fairly new to international cricket, and he's got Virat Kohli uh, standing at slip saying, uh, Mohammed, would you like to bowl another over? And you go, well, yeah, I suppose so, I better had. Uh, but he, you know, he's got, you're right, he's got that zest and zip and energy and, and enthusiasm, and he likes a chat, you know, you'll... you'll he'll certainly... Uh, make he's got the best celebration as well, hasn't he? The best celebration in the game. It makes his feelings known to the to the batter, uh, uh, definitely. So just on the pavilion end versus nursery end, are, so are lots of bowlers actually sort of queuing up saying, come on, I know I want to bowl at the, the pavilion end, or are do you, do you think there are bowlers who are naturally suited to the nursery end and other bowlers who are naturally so, so suited to the <laughs> pavilion end? Or, or do most actually, most pace bowlers really want to bowl from the pavilion end? <laughs> there, there are two reasons for bowling from the pavilion end. One is that usually the prevailing wind is from the pavilion end, so you're bowling with the wind. So the, 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 the spearheads, the number one bowlers, tend to choose that end because they're bowling with the wind. And the second reason is that actually I think if you're bowling well, the pavilion end slope to a right-hander in particular is a big advantage because you can bowl a little bit wider of off stump and the, the odd ball will stay on that line and the odd ball will come back down the slope and the batsman doesn't know which is which. So they're induced into playing balls, which they don't need to play at. Whereas from the nursery end, the ball tends to naturally go away from the right-hander with the slope. So Bob Batsman can leave the ball much more uh, comfortably, really. So it draws the pavilion end draws Batsman into playing at balls they don't need to more often. And I think that's why uh, the better bowlers should choose the pavilion end. Plus, there it sometimes is that little bit more bounce from that end. So... 
that is the end of all. I mean, someone like Stuart Broad has made a, a, a career out of bowling cleverly from the nursery end by trying to swing the ball or move the ball against the slope, make it move up the slope, and then the odd one goes down the slope. So he's kind of used the, the, the disadvantage of every ball moving away down the slope at the nursery end into an advantage by coaxing the old ball into it or up up the slope uh, and that's the key to it is it's sort of almost moving the ball against the slope as well as with it and those who can do that are geniuses and very difficult to play isn't it it's the home of cricket and yet we're talking about a ground with a huge slope on it you think they'd better make it flat wouldn't you anyway i think it just adds to the <laughs> adds to the intrigue yeah uh, yeah enough enough sacrilegious talk uh, I mean, the, the home of cricket. Um, so, which end did you which end did you get? Well, I didn't get the choice, did I? Because I was no. I wasn't the quickest bowler in the team, so I tended to bowl nursery end, which was into the wind. And then, if you if you made a good job out of it and you weren't too knackered, you got to go pavilion end at some point in the day, um, uh, sort of you know second or third choice, and then you had to make it work for a few overs before you were sent back down to the nursery end again to charge into the wind i think the smaller bowlers are probably better off into the wind as well because there's less wind resistance you sort of duck underneath the wind <laughs> so you know it, it was it's uh it was just a kind of i didn't get the choice really let's wrap up uh with a look ahead to the the fourth day so two days left we've had two innings uh, india tomorrow will come out uh, under some pressure because england got a, you know a usefulish lead not not much but it, you know it's obviously better to be ahead than behind on first innings, 27 runs ahead. Now, one thing that's happened in this series so far is that India have got off to a good start. Their, their openers have, have, have done well. A 97 run partnership in the first innings, the first test, and then in the first innings, 120. this match, 126. Yeah. If England could get an early wicket or two, mm. how much pressure uh, one wonders does that put on this Indian batting lineup? Because you think you think Jara struggling a bit. Uh, Rahane struggling a bit. Uh, England have tamed Kohli so far, although it's you know, still fairly early uh, days in the series, and with that that small lead as well. So is that is that, is that really phase in the morning really key? That first half now, forty minutes. Can England get an early wicket, dislodge either Rohit yeah. or? Yeah, what, I, is, what yeah. do you think it's going to be just like a long struggle throughout the day? Well, I think that, you know, the onus is going to be on Anderson and Robinson again, because I don't feel that Wood is probably going to be asking enough questions or Sam Curran. And Moen might Curran turn the ball, the ball. but the new Curran? ball. Well, no, I, I think they've got to go with Robinson and uh, I think they've got to make the new ball count. And they've got to get an early wicket. And you're right, then that puts Pajara under pressure. I'm sure Kohli will have been inspired by watching Root. So I think we should expect a, a big innings from Kohli in this in this second innings because he will be, you know, they they inspire each other. The sort of four Galacticos in world the world game, and Kohli won't want to be, uh, you know, sort of uh, over outdone by Root. So I think a big innings from Kohli's on on the horizon. Uh, but England try have to try and get him uh, get him at him early with the new ball because otherwise I think he will get a big score. So what is your hunch then? I mean, I think our hunches have been after the first day definitely India, after the second day you know probably India, after the third day, wh where are you going now? Or is it, or is it just well, really think, too close to? Call? You know, I think it's a little bit weather dependent, and I I, I think if it's going to be if it's overcast tomorrow Sunday. You know, England might just get the ball to do something, 
But my hunch is a draw, actually. I think if there's some really nice sort of moist, cloudy weather tomorrow, possibly England. But if, it, if there's not, draw. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm sort of beginning to think the draw is a, a stronger possibility in this match. I didn't see it at all, as I was mentioning at the start of this podcast. I didn't see it at all in the early part of the game because it, it felt fairly well advanced. But I mean, the other thing is we're talking possibility of a, a draw after three days. I mean, the game could be almost done tomorrow. If England bowled, if England bowled well and rolled in India out for, I don't know, right, say like a figure out of the air, 160, say, you know, they were able to knock off the top. Yeah. But it, it, it could be almost done tomorrow. It, it, it could, but it's, I think the pitch is too good. It's a bit yeah. slow. I just don't see enough big wicket-taking deliveries out there to to put India under that much pressure, unless they get you know two or three with the new ball. I, mean, I think what's great about the game is that we're you know, we're talking after three days, and we, mm. we really are in the dark about which way this this game is going to go. All four results are possible. And if that's the case after three days of a Test match, you know, normally you, you know you feel that's a, a pretty good game. I mean, if we're still talking about all four results possible after four days then that is an absolute cracker of a, of a test match. I mean, today, tomorrow might be one of those days when the game really moves decisively uh, one way or the other. But, I, you know, I would, I would think we would fin- finish by saying, you know, really well played England. They, they, they stormed back in this game. Uh, they, I think they got away with it a bit, Trent Bridge, with the, the last day being washed out. But they really have stormed back in these, these last two days of the game. I, I didn't really see that. But uh, thanks to Root and Anderson, that's what they have been able to do so, so we I, finish I mean, with a so we finish with a communal room well there were plenty of, there were plenty of those today um and uh, my my wife and daughter came today and they said what is that what is that strength they don't you know come to much test cricket as like, so my uh, older daughter uh, the first time she's been to lords and they said what is that strange booing sound um but i i, I presume what they mean was it was the room which went on for quite a lot today because he, he dominated today absolutely uh, fantastic uh, days cricket as well that's the other thing it's a really great days cricket 272 for seven uh, cut and thrust uh, both sides have their have their moments and let's hope uh, the last two days are equally as as captivating we'll be back to uh, report on the the fourth day uh, tomorrow and uh, we're really looking forward to today's play already and we'll speak to them bye for now Sports Social Podcast Network.